We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's draft time and the underdog big board contest we are drafting and the draft has already kicked off for people watching on the video format you'll see it's going to move pretty quickly here one million dollars total prize is two hundred thousand dollars top prize and a ten dollar entry fee so sean we are one pick away the 107 it's going to go pretty fast here and I'm, I'm really intrigued to see where we go we're going to do some content later in the week looking back recapping everything that happens in today's draft based on a, a listener question we did get so i'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out but cooper cup goes one pick before then we had uh, travis kelsey before that tyreek hill before that sean the options available here are austin eckler stefan diggs aj brown how are you feeling here uh jonathan taylor also in the mix nine seconds to go well, we better go with Austin Eckler. I mean, yeah, I think take that's the guy who just won $2 million. That's the strategy for this year is to draft all the players who won the big contest last year. I think we'll, that, that will be the way we play it forward here. But we did kick this off. We moved in pretty quick. Sometimes when we wait on drafts to fill, we have a, a few moments to spare as we load up. But we jumped in. Things got going. And uh, our first pick is Austin Eckler at the 107. So we'll see how it plays out in the big board. You do also have all those rookies added in, so that's going to add in that wrinkle because we don't know the landing spots off those players, obviously, the combine coming up in a couple of weeks. But we've talked in the past, Sean, about how rookie value can really increase post-NFL draft. And it usually from this point to the start of the season will continue to rise. But we do have some rookies, including Bijan Robinson, who is projected around the 14th pick in the underdog format at the moment. So... Uh, It'll be interesting to see if he he rises depending on Latin spot and, and combine and so on, but he is really in a, a hot spot already as things kick off. Thoughts, Sean, on the, the second pick we're going to have coming up here in a, a couple of moments. We're we're used to doing the uh the the playoff contest where there was the 30 second clock, but only six teams. So it feels like we're gonna have a lot of time here to talk today compared to what we've had in the past. It does feel like that. And one of the things that we definitely experience as you start out with the 107 there is that really the first six players in underdog are the most exciting now we say that and kind of felt that way last year and then austin eckler had a fantastic season and was very worth that price and so he's going to be your older they're going to change some things about the offense we know that he wasn't a great pure runner last year there's a 
quite a bit of risk for someone you're taking in the first round. But that's kind of how these contests are setting up currently. So you have to kind of take the strengths and weaknesses, endure the trade-offs that are inherent there. Now we get back to a position where quarterbacks are going to be the value by ADP. Colin, what are you feeling on that? We've never been in the draft mode to try and hit the stars at QB. Definitely not what we'd be doing if the ADPs were a little bit different. How do you feel here about being back on the clock and having Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts as the top two available players? Well, it's not really in my plan at the moment to pick either of those two guys, Sean. The names that are on our queue are the ones that I'm interested in, Jalen Waddle, Garrett Wilson, and T. Higgins. Brees Hall is in the mix too, but I, I'm I'm probably leaning here towards Wilson or Waddle. Um, I'll go with your preference. So Waddle is the higher ADP at the moment. Very close between the two, just a, a pick in general. But um, I, I was interested when I seen some of the ADP you know, when these drafts started to kick off over the last week or so and and looking at how high quarterbacks are going. And I do understand that there's a lot of question marks around certain players at this point, a lot of question marks around the draft and so on. But I am still surprised to see um, the, uh, the th- I called it on Twitter, the thirst for quarterbacks at this point. Are, are you surprised to see how early the quarterbacks are going at this particular point in time? Not really. We always see the quarterbacks go earlier at this time of the year than they go a couple months from now. You combine that with how the top quarterbacks separated last season. And especially if your board is a little bit flat, we selected two players that we're not maybe that excited about at their prices in the first two rounds. So with that being the case, you could easily see drafters pivot to the QBs. It's still not what I would like to do. I think they're going to be a lot of great quarterback opportunities late. You know, I was joking in the first round about drafting the players who won last season obviously can't draft Tom Brady because he retired. He also was not a particularly good play last season and yet hits in that moment at the end with the huge game. We talk a lot about the QB window. I think you still want to emphasize that. But one of the things that you're trying to remember here in some of these bigger contests is that that kind of connection between the quarterback, potentially a wide receiver, and having a guy who's a little bit unique that hits late you want to build the overall team that can help get you through and then have those options. Creating those options when they're a little bit less expensive is much more palatable than trying to create options after you've already spent on that top QB. Once you spent on that top QB, he's more or less the guy you need to hit. And if he's successful during the season, pulls teams through, then you're overlapping with a lot of other guys who are in a very similar situation. Now, we would believe that you could draft a very good team coming off of that. And so we would like our version of a Mahomes or a Hertz team, and yet still probably not really the way we want to go. So we get back here. The two picks right before us were Devontae Smith and DK Metcalf. Those would have been our guys. Colin, looking at the players available, Debo Samuel, Mark Andrews, Ramondre Stevenson, Justin Fields, an interesting pick here. Who do you like? Uh, well, I think I like Debo Samuel, but I don't know. And this is the fun of doing this show is we haven't uh... – done a lot of these together who do you want to go with i knew it was going to be mark andrews i almost just said debo samuel just to let sean you know come in and overrule that pick it is obviously the well, advantage he, you get. as we were I, running out of time there i thought you were segueing into i like debo samuel but i don't think he's the right pick here i didn't have it open in such a way that when you went in a different direction that we could still pick him so that's kind of what happened it wasn't an overrule but we do get the elite <laughs> tight end and hopefully mark overrule. andrews more like he was in the first half of last season, more like he was in the second half of 2021 when he was a 
big part of our run in the FFPC format. Colin, we know that the tight ends are going to fall a lot more in underdog. One of the main players that we targeted relentlessly last year because his price was ridiculous was TJ Hawkinson. That part obviously worked out extremely well, especially after the trade to the Vikings. He's gotten a lot more expensive this year. So I, we're going to have tight end options. And yet again, one of the things that we saw last season, Travis Kelsey winning leagues, winning leagues, winning leagues. Mark Andrews really the other guy where if things hit properly, he can do it. And we saw it back in 2021. Yeah, we definitely did. And uh, no, I think Mark Andrews is a, a very stable pick there. I think though that Debo Samuel, there's still a lot of excitement for me around his profile, what he did last year. I know we talked at times about them not using all the pieces in that 49ers offense to the maximum but with his injuries to be considered and, and all around that I, I think we did see enough to make me excited at the the 310 to, to pick up somebody like Debo Samuel that is where he went just a few picks later but yeah Mark Andrews a, a smart pick there as well I'm looking through the the board it is interesting to see where some of these players are falling Sean's after adding DeAndre Swift who we've talked about a number of times in recent shows to the queue I think he would be a another smash sort of pick if he would manage to get back to us so loading up the the queue and the the options are are quite interesting guys like christian watson in there michael pittman chris godwin tony pollard at the top of that queue looking at it sean at the moment there's an 11 pick gap between pollard and swift pollard obviously coming with the late season injury and a one for one are you taking pollard at this point in time over swift um you know in terms of how i would rank them i would i would rather have swift in a 1v1 and getting a an 11 point adp gap i think would make that an even easier decision well pollard's going to be healthy and he's going to be in a high powered offense swift we assume is going to start the season healthy we like them to be high powered there's a possibility he won't have as much competition for touches i like both of those guys i think they should probably be fairly equivalently valued you mentioned getting swift at the discount one of the things here is that we're able to get pollard at a slight discount to his adp if we want him which we might not be able to do in other drafts pollard christian watson michael pittman those players both pretty interesting pittman going to have the discount now and a probably better situation who do you like i like watson here out of the the wide receivers mentioned do you think uh the the you know the jump here in year two there's obviously questions around who the starting quarterback will be the the noise from inside green bay seems to be there's a lot of faith in jordan love being able to come in and you know command this offense if, if he is given the opportunity obviously they're going to say that in the situation they're in where they may have him to start or they may also be trying to to build value for you know an Aaron Rodgers trade or a jordan love trade which i don't expect to happen from the love side of things but we've seen a huge amount of potential last year. And I think we still have to call it potential because of the rawness of Christian Watson. We've seen what he was able to do with those you know, spectacular big plays, a number of very, very big games. And um, I think that that year two leap is something that if it can happen with him is uh, incredibly exciting. Yeah, you just don't see many players who have that raw athleticism. And so when you're thinking about who could be sort of a, a Calvin Johnson light who could be a Julio Jones and Christian Watson is the guy. There are some questions about what the overall QB situation is going to be there in green Bay, but we had those questions last year. Aaron Rodgers did not play particularly well. Jordan love looked good in the preseason. You can understand why there's some excitement within green Bay. One of the things there, Romeo Dobbs looked fantastic with love. 
during those preseason games. So I don't think it's going to be entirely Watson. One thing we'll want to see from him is to jump into a completely full-time role in year two. Obviously, there were injuries and different health issues that eliminated some of that, but you still got the impression that in many ways, Dobbs was the player who was capable of running more sophisticated routes, doing more overall elements within the offense, perhaps even better at drawing targets. And then after the target, he struggled in part because of Aaron Rodgers' personality and in part because of his own mistakes. You got to catch the ball if you're going to be able to establish yourself as an NFL player and then continue to develop. But I'm optimistic about both of these guys. Watson, someone who, with what he did as a rookie, and you can pull him up in the Stealing Signals tool and dive into some of the depth and the peripherals for what he actually did do. You add the touchdowns on there. I think that there are some guys who probably are better values and safer plays and maybe offer the same amount of upside who'll be available later on. But we get a guy who was going at that price will be able to feather in some of these other players. I really like that selection. Yeah, I like it too. We're one pick away. Um, Tony Pollard did go pick 52, which was a 10 pick ADP drop. But we have an option here to go for DeAndre Swift if we wanted here right around ADP a couple of picks later. The other player, Sean, that I do like here is Drake London. So the other players uh, here, Smith and Jigbo's available. Keenan Allen's available. But I, I think I'm between Swift and Drake London. And I'm probably leaning London here at this particular point. Okay, well, we know that it's important to get your wide receivers in an underdog draft. It's get those second-year leaps. Add those second-year leaps up here. So I'm, I'm feeling confidence from you in this Atlanta Falcons offense after last year's debacle. You're like, I mean, Arthur Smith, he's obviously going to learn and develop as an NFL head coach. Desmond Ritter, you know, looked pretty good, even though – some of the passing struggles, even though he's like a full touchdown below expectation in terms of passing FPOE. We're not hyping this, this pick up, be, Sean, or are we, are we pouring? The it feels like we're uh, pouring cold water on this pick already. It's only no, I, you, maybe, maybe 40 seconds to... since it happened. Uh, I, I do think that we, we've seen... <sighs> it's unfortunate that it was when Kyle Pitts wasn't on the field, but we did see some games where there was a little bit of progression in the Atlanta Falcons offense. I'm not happy with the situation with the head coach. I still have, I like, I like Ritter, but I still have a lot of questions as to how that's going to work at the NFL level. But I do think that London is a, an exceptional talent and I'm, I'm willing to bet on that talent, even though the situation's a little bit tricky and it is, you know, the, the 507 at this point when we're making this selection and, the, the importance of getting those wide receivers and underdog drafts, I think, can't be overstated uh, or understated. I'm not sure if overstated or understated is the right frame there, but one of those options. But, um, yeah. Yeah, so that's completely true. It's impossible to overstate the value of wide receivers here. We're in a draft with a lot of extremely experienced drafters. You look just across the A lot of badges here. Yeah, a lot <laughs> of badges. And as a result, you have players like DeAndre Swift – at the running back position who have already fallen a full 10 picks below ADP when you're still in the fifties and sixties, I mean, that's a huge, huge, huge drop. So we're looking at some of these guys. You want to be aware of what the room is. Swift does go at the 6.2. So the 62nd overall pick there. I would love to get Swift. That would have been the, the dream scenario if he continued to fall. And I was kind of hoping that that may have been the case, but it obviously wasn't. 
Interesting though that by ADP we're stacking up some running back options here at the moment. Then we have Kyle Pitts, we have Marquise Brown available. Obviously, we went with the Falcons in the the last round here, Sean. Um, we could we could go all in on the Falcons after talking about the concerns with that offense potentially. But we are on the clock. Joe Mixon is there. Javante Williams is also there, who I think is is very interesting. He's somebody I do think that positive reports will push him much higher, but. I know you like those Pittsburgh receivers as well, and Deontay Johnson is in the mix here. Where do you want to go? Well, Marquise Brown was one of the top receivers in the NFL before DeAndre Hopkins returned last season. His injuries, I think, obscured what was actually a very encouraging debut season in the desert after he had been the guy for a couple seasons there with the Baltimore Ravens. They've talked about moving DeAndre Hopkins. We have questions about quarterback, which are going to push him down to this point. But when you're talking about the offense being Marquise Brown, Rondell Moore, Trey McBride, then there's going to be plenty of volume for Brown, regardless of how this offense is put together. They hire the defensive head coach, but we know the defense is very unlikely to be elite in 2023. They're going to have to score some points. You have the late season potential value of how much Kyler Murray brings to the table. I think this offense is undervalued. I think that you want to have as much exposure as you can get to the players at these prices because it's hard to envision a scenario where they don't get a lot more expensive. Hey, what's up, listeners? It's Curtis Patrick from the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. And now that you've taken your fantasy game to the next level, it's time to take your sports viewing experience to the next level too. Epson just hooked me up with this new Epic Vision Ultra LS800 laser projector, including their optional 120-inch silver flex screen. It's an absolute game changer. With an epic 120-inch picture, it's twice the size of an 85-inch TV. With a 4K Pro UHD picture this big, I can evaluate plays and prospect game film like never before. Even my kids are as pumped for game day as I am. Go check it out by visiting epson.com slash rotoviz. And like Epson says, bring the sportsbook experience home. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So just to recap what we've done so far through those six rounds of picks, we have Austin Eckler, we have Jalen Waddle, then we have Drake London, Christian Watson, Marquise Brown, and also Mark Andrews. We are back on the clock, Sean. We can continue our second year, guys, with a trail on Burke selection here if we wanted. J.K. Dobbins is also an option. Um, we, I would like to continue the second round wide receivers here, but our second year wide receivers. Are you tempted in by by J.K. Dobbins, who is, I think, a very intriguing pick here as well? Well, Dobbins was more or less the best running back in the NFL after he turned the second time. And it's almost impossible to believe that the Baltimore Ravens will allow Lamar Jackson to depart. Now, as we record today, there have been reports that they will give him the non-exclusive tag. And so uh, that's really the way to do it. I mean, that's very, very straightforward. You get some other team to negotiate the contract. There could be poison pills in there. And yet at the same time, you don't have to be the team that does all of the negotiating. If the contract is so high that at the point that it's signed, he has negative trade value, which again, we go back to the time when the Ravens give the non-exclusive tag to Joe Flacco and end up signing him to a contract to where if they had just traded him at that point, they would have needed to include a pick with the contract in order to get rid of him, right? If the contract is that onerous, then... You can take the two first round picks. Now, if you're a Baltimore Ravens fan, that sounds like a nightmare. And yet you have to be willing to approach it from that direction and have some confidence that you can make some picks, that you can do some other things. Lamar Jackson has struggled to stay healthy. He's not a particularly good passer. There are concerns about how non-passing quarterbacks are going to age. He could also go out and if he ends up with a good team, win the next three Super Bowls. In which case, all of those people are going to get fired in Baltimore and the fans are never going to forgive you. But life is about making choices and taking some risks and li- living with the trade-offs. You can't go into everything scared. I think that that is the way that they should do it. And it sounds like it's the way they're going to do it. When we look then, it's shown the options that are going to be available to us here. We have in our queue a large number of quarterbacks. Most of the ADPs of these guys are in this range are in the next 20 picks or so so in our next two rounds we have two daniel jones trey lance kyler murray jared goff as some potential options it is an area here where it gets very quarterback heavy in terms of regular adp draft picks but there are some wide receiver options potentially available here how, how are you feeling as we look through it in terms of the players on our board that we're looking at like james connor's there at running back brian robinson's there at running back i I think it may be a point here that we differentiate to quarterback, um, but the running back options and the quarterback options look a little bit more appealing than the the wide receivers that are available at this point. Yeah, and it was great to get that additional quarterback. I should <laughs> we'll talk about it after this pick. We have Jalen Waddle. Tua is still here. He wouldn't be here if not for the concussions. Again, we just talked about taking some risks. This seems like a smart risk to take. Yeah, this is the this is the pick. I think it's. Uh, I do have those long-term concerns around Tua, but I, I do expect him to be playing in 2023. And I think, again, there's a lot of potential picks you can make at this particular moment in time where there can be big changes in ADP from this point to when we move forward. We talked about how some of the quarterbacks may regress in value as we get closer to the season in terms of their ADP, but somebody like a, a Tua, somebody even like a Kyler Murray, who may be an option for us here 
in a couple of rounds time uh, I, I do think we could see some big jumps with how their adp may set in the next couple of weeks for example the other one sean that we did make a selection that that could affect as well is marquise brown if we see a trade for deandre hopkins out of arizona i think there's another adp jump there as well but yeah i think we're we're starting to set up pretty nicely here with this uh the squad at the minute it's starting to get a little bit more exciting and it, it gets into this point now where we're into some players who maybe have fallen from expectations of 2022 maybe they're veteran aging players you do get into some of the rookie potential selections at this range so i think it's going to be it's going to be an interesting couple of rounds coming up here and it is a fun exercise as we touched on at the start when we jumped on our first draft over at underdog of 2022 sean we're doing our listener league draft this sunday and i was looking up our first listener league draft last year was on the 26th of june this one is on the 26th of february so you can feel uh in the the community the fantasy football community the thirst for those best ball drafts is definitely there we're starting it months earlier this time and uh, we're very excited about it so moving in a couple of picks away three selections before we go are we looking to potentially go in here and, and double tap at the quarterback position or is there anyone else that is, is leaping off the page here for you at the moment well there are a variety of interesting running backs players who have questions about how their offense is going to be constructed in 2023 in some cases, questions about where they'll be. There's guys like David Montgomery and Damian Harris. You have some rookie running backs who are inflated, and yet some other ones who are very good values. AJ Dillon is still here at the 907. David Montgomery is going to be an important piece somewhere. He is still available. Colin, do you like either of these guys? I would go with Dillon out of the two of them if that was the option. If we're if we're not leaning into to quarterback, there's a lot of quarterback options available. I don't think there's quite as many players of the potential upside of Dylan and I think last year with with Dylan was potentially worst case scenario for him where we see him and Aaron Jones both not have huge seasons and obviously they were being drafted in quite substantial draft slots and even this is the 907 I, I still think there's value there based on people maybe sitting off him a little bit after maybe not not enjoying the experience in 2022 so yeah I think uh, the quarterback options that are available for us make running back there a smart pick that is our second running back that we've selected first one obviously being austin eckler in the first round this is pairing him up with aj dillon in the ninth and i think he is potentially right in that mix for you know early zero rb targets um as we as we enter into 2023 draft season sean is adding some players to the queue here we have added pat fairmuth who is been a, an ot favorite as i mentioned that he is selected and goes off the board we're picking in four picks sean all the options again have kind of filtered to quarterback i mentioned kyler murray earlier i think that he would be pretty close to the the auto selection here but obviously it concerns as sean pulls it up on the screen here around his you know injury and and his expectation of being not ready for the start of the 2023 season i, I do think though the upside of a, of a selection here in the, the 10th round to be paired along with two obviously a quarterback we mentioned his concerns with uh, could be very interesting um one pick away sean rashad white goes off the board jared goff who would be a, another quarterback option for us has gone off the board and russell wilson is the pick before us so you mentioned david montgomery a moment ago he is still available zay jones would be in the mix here potentially um what, what's your thoughts here as we our seconds tick down 
Well, David Montgomery is easily the best player available as soon as he gets more clarity about where he's going to be he's going to jump three or four rounds the tricky part about montgomery is he came in with expectations that were beyond what was realistic he was a tackle breaker but he didn't have the athleticism to create a bunch of big plays off of those tackles and because of some of that disappointment and because he's been buried in this chicago bears offense for the last several years which has been very incompetent even with the ascension of Justin Fields in the second half of last season, and then Montgomery has been injured a couple points in each of the last two seasons. We haven't really gotten to see what he can do, and the fact that he is a three-down back who catches passes very intuitively and can do the types of things that modern offenses want, all of that tends to get lost. And he was overvalued when he came into the NFL. He's undervalued now. Just like you want to take some risk on the rookie running backs at this point and some of the young players, you also want to take some risks on players who are in uncertain situations. One of the other ones who was just bizarre in this draft, and the ADP itself is just flagrantly broken, would be Keenan Allen, who had a fantastic season, and it doesn't matter who he plays for next year. He's going to be someone who should be drafted much higher than he's currently going. So... There are some guys here where because we don't know for sure what's going to happen with them, that you're getting great prices at this time of the season. That's what you want to do. You're going to load up on talent. You're going to create a roster that is flexible and it has, I guess, a good structural integrity. We talk about one of the things, Colm, I did the whole little chat about J.K. Dobbins and what the Ravens were likely to do with Lamar Jackson. But the player we actually picked at that point was Traylon Burks. You said, we want to go with another second-year breakout possibility. Traylon Burks, again, a guy who was buried in a terrible offense and had some health issues, and yet the flashes there were at the same basic level that we're getting with Christian Watson. The flashes, not the actual production. That's one of the reasons why he's less expensive. I don't think that you want him on every team. There are a lot of question marks about what Tennessee is going to look like next season, but it's going to look better. His production... As a collegiate player was too good. His draft slot, what he did as a rookie. Yeah, I mean, you could be looking back at him at this time next year and saying, well, I mean, why did we draft Jalen Rager 2.0? But I don't believe that's what it is. And even if it does end up being that way, he's a player at this price that you want to take some shots on. We did in this draft. And that's allowed us to have the wide receiver depth that we can move back to running back here. Yeah, and I think as well as we go through and one of the steps we're going to do on our next show this week is answer a listener question around adp and where we think that some of the best kind of selections are some of the difficult areas and, and some of the spots but looking sean at this area it really is a case where wide receiver does dry up pretty quickly again as we would see an underdog last year and you're into a lot of tricky situations around what you're trying to select in this kind of 110 to 130 range at at all positions i guess we'll say we are up on the clock, Sean. Sixteen seconds to go. Where are we? Where are we? Uh, I know you're tinkering through some of the options here. What are you thinking? Well, this has to be the time to take one. We're, right? we're going back to the second year, guys. Second year, guys. Spoiler alert: We like second year players. What has happened on Underdog, Sean, with the graphics for the other players versus Wendell Robinson getting a kind of on-field shot here versus? standard faces what has happened there I don't know, i'm sure i'm sure there has even, to be a story behind this even cooler than he is one dale 
looking up at the sky, everyone else staring at the camera. I love it. I, so, love it. I don't know what happened there. It has to be, I'm sure it's a, it's a good omen for his, his season this year. And we did see flashes. We obviously seen injuries as well, but yeah. And, and, and this is though, Sean, for you, do you feel so far as we're going through this draft that this becomes a pretty flat area of the draft with, with, you know, those sort of shots then where you're taking that upside is, is the way to play it. Yeah. We want to make sure we continue to build out our wide receiver depth with all the rookie running backs. There are going to be a lot of ways to play that position as we get deeper here. The arguably the mistake that we've made in this draft, when you look back a little bit, the round where we selected running back and passed on both Dalton Schultz and Pat Fryermuth. Now we selected Mark Andrews early. You don't necessarily want to get overly heavy at the tight end position. It's not nearly as viable or doesn't create the same amount of upside for you at the flex as you get in other formats. And yet those two players priced very, very favorably to add one of them to Mark Andrews would have given us a great one-two punch at tight end. We're going to end up being weaker at that position after Andrews than we would probably like, but overall still looking very good in terms of how this team is put together. That's the first time Sean we got we got hit there. I, I was between Derek Carr and Greg Dulcich. Both players go back to back before us. So we're in a little bit of a tight spot here, but we're well I think this is this is probably even though it's well before ADP, it's not a bad spot to go ahead and take Jordan Love and get him there with Watson. We could see his price really skyrocket in the coming days obviously with love you're hoping that he does bring some rushing value to the table for you but mostly you're just betting on him being a viable option there with the young weapons with the elite coaching staff and he's a good fit gives us two quarterbacks to go with two of our young stars at wide receiver now we can kind of sit and wait and take the third guy in howl or ritter without having to worry that we're going to miss on them and get locked out of the quarterback position. So that gives us a lot of flexibility as we go through these next couple of rounds. We're going to move back to running back wide receiver, tight end. We have Boutte as the top wide receiver. If you ignore Michael Thomas, which everyone is doing, and we are as well, he gets selected at pick 145. Obviously controversy there because he was the fantastic recruit looks pretty good through his first couple of years and then vanishes this season he's going to be one of those guys who has to kind of explain their production as he goes through the draft process but he could easily come out and be a terry mclaurin for the team that drafts him and then if he's a terry mclaurin for them he's a terry mclaurin for you on your fantasy team the top players here at running back are elijah mitchell who goes one spot Ahead of us, we've got a couple of the trendy rookies at the top there, and then some more boring guys in Mostert, Singletary, Foreman, and Damian Harris. Harris is the guy, again, like the last couple we selected, where I actually think his combination of talent and uncertainty makes him a nice selection and someone who will have a big bounce later on in draft season especially if he were to go somewhere else but even if he's back with the New England Patriots one of the things that happened this season is that Ramondre Stevenson more or less stays healthy and breaks out to stardom Damian Harris struggles with injury if the injury situation flips for next season Damian Harris would be one of the threats to lead the NFL in touchdowns you're getting that player in the 13th round 
And we did talk a little bit about him on one of our recent Dynasty shows to talk through some of the potential upside for him. But yeah, I think it's uh, in these drafts with the ADP, technically it is set, but it's going to shuffle a lot over the next couple of weeks and next couple of months. And I don't think you know taking somebody 10 to 15, even two rounds ahead of ADP is, is a bad thing necessarily when we're looking through it. I see Sean has highlighted trey mcbride that would be nice but the question sean i wanted to go back to is when we did that selection of jordan love i'm still not sure that jordan love is without Aaron Rodgers this season which is going to be interesting to see as it develops obviously there's a lot of talk at the moment but the part i was going to ask is i know De- Derek carr is a guy that you've liked for a number of years based on what his value has been the other player that i mentioned there was greg dulcich who went one pick before the love pick, is that a pick you still would have made or would you have had a preference of one of those two guys? Because for me at that point, they were standout picks at, at that particular juncture. But unfortunately, as happens sometimes, they both went in the picks, two picks before us. Well, if Derek Carr goes to the New York Jets, that would be pretty interesting. If he goes to most of the other places, I don't think I would have that much interest. I like Carr, but I like him more in situations where you're going to be starting guys and you're going to start a little bit of that floor in best ball formats where you're looking at the player being picked out because they had the huge game. I don't know that that fits him as well. And so from that perspective, I I think I like what we ended up with. Colin, we can continue to go with some of these veteran running backs Rashad Penny, Chuba Hubbard really like both of them. Again, they would be reaches. We could go with Mike Gesicki who as soon as he lands somewhere more I interesting. think we go tight end, and I'll let you pick. I like both of those tight ends, but I'll let you go with which you like. So we'll go so with Gasicki here. He has the fantastic athleticism. We watched him score in the red zone on occasion last season for Miami, even though they refused to use him overall. You just It's a, a player who has very, very few comparables. After they used him so rarely this last season, it would be shocking if the Dolphins don't let him go. And then once you can negotiate with the 31 other teams, you just hope that those free agent visits go well. And the team you actually sign with, the team that's willing to give you the most money is a team that wants to use you and has an effective plan. It's not impossible that the team doesn't, right? One of the players we liked the best last season was Gerald Everett. He goes there with Justin Herbert and has... A good season for him. It wasn't a fantastic season, but it was a good season for him. The previous season, we have Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith go to the Patriots, and it becomes clear that, I mean, they weren't even really part of the plan. They just wanted to sign some people in order to use some of their money and create hypothetical flexibility on offense. That once they saw those guys, they're like, well, I mean, that doesn't really fit into what our quarterback can do or what our play caller wants to do. So they're useless. With Gasicki, I mean, hopefully that's not the case. When you think about the Kansas City Chiefs and where they are with their receivers and the fact that Travis Kelsey probably will not still be playing the way he's playing when he reaches Tom Brady's age to give them another weapon would be fun. But I mean, frankly, almost any team. And you say that after the dolphins had a blitzkrieg offense that didn't use him, but almost any team can benefit from what Mike Gesicki brings to the table. So Sean, as things stand, we have two quarterbacks, four running backs, six wide receivers and two tight ends. We are in the 15th round at this particular point as we we look through. We are three selections away. Trey McBride is kind of a an interesting tight end option when it comes back to us here. There's obviously a few quarterback situations. You mentioned your boy Sam Howell. Um, 
we are right around that range off Sam Howell, Sean. Maybe we will be, you know, six, seven picks ahead of where he normally goes. Are, are you are you ready to jump in and get him here? I'm fine with taking Howell. I think that we can wait and make this a Ritter draft if we want and pair him with Drake London. There are three more of those, two more of the second-year wide receivers. I'm going to say Curtis Samuel, if we're going to have Howell Samuel, especially with the new offensive coordinator coming up with the Kansas City Chiefs, Curtis Samuel becomes interesting because so many of the gadget things the Chiefs do, you would think Samuel would be perfect for. But John Mechie coming back from cancer and Tyquan Thornton Thornton. bouncing back in his second season. Both of these guys at these prices I like. Who do you like? Let's go with Thornton. It's hard for me to resist the feel-good story with Mechie. The reports on his health have been good. We hope that those continue to be good. His overall health much more important, obviously, than his football career. But that part of it also, I think, especially when you look at how the receivers for Bryce Young and the Crimson Tide struggle a little bit this year, Mechie's someone who was drafted ahead of guys that we liked last season, probably a better prospect than people realize. And Houston has nothing. I mean, this guy could be the clear wide receiver one for them next season with how coveted receivers are in this format for him to still be available as we move into the 16th round. I do think that he is interesting. Obviously, there are a variety of types of risk associated with him. Colin, one of the things that happens there is we do take Tyquan Thornton and then one pick later, Sam Howell does go. So your encouragement to go ahead and grab him if we wanted him probably was something that we should have done. Now that we have Thornton, you could say that Mac Jones, someone who is safer than Howell and Ritter, doesn't have the same type of fantasy profile if he starts. One of the things with Ritter and Howell, again, it's not so much that we think they're guaranteed to start and play. Those guarantees aren't there. But if they do play, the fantasy profiles for those players so much better than those guys in the intermediate tier. Fantasy is about taking on a little bit of risk. If your thesis for the players in kind of that middle tier hits, it still is worthless to you in most cases. If you get the perfect week 17, maybe it works out, but mostly it doesn't help you. If the thesis hits for a Howl or a Ritter, that's when you win tournaments I say that, Colin, but I am a Mac Jones believer. I think he's going to take a big step forward this next season. Maybe he can have one of those games where he throws to Taekwon. We drafted Taekwon. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that he also was on the $2 million team and was in the lineup for the $2 million score, even though he did drop a touchdown pass in that Week 17 game as well. Colin, as we get back here looking at running backs, we have guys like Rashad Penny, Chuba Hubbard, but also some interesting rookies in Dwayne McBride, Kendrick Miller, Kenny McIntosh. I kind of want to take all of these players. So we are back on the clock. So we do have the option uh, of taking all of these players, Sean, because they are still available. Hayden Hurst did go. John Menchie did go two picks before. He was somebody I thought we may have been able to sneak back to us. Sean, you mentioned you're a Mac Jones believer. I think you are the Mac Jones believer. Uh, I, I think at this range, so if you're going r- running backs, I'd be going rookies. And if you're going quarterback, I would go Mac Jones. But I'm open to those rookie running backs. So I haven't been able to slide Chuba in here. Just a, a little a little note at the end. We did a, a bold prediction in the middle of the last show. I'm going to throw a bold prediction into the show. Chuba Hubbard, the starting running back for the Carolina Panthers, going to go over 1,000 yards from scrimmage. He's going to break two long touchdowns. 
Colin, the thing there, hopefully they don't have someone to vulture these short yardage touchdowns. He doesn't need his own Jamal Williams ruining things in there. I'm excited to see what Carolina does this next season. But we take Miller, who I think we don't know for sure where he's going to go yet. You can buy the road of his rookie guide, 20 bucks for the three issues. We have one that's out now. One will come out after the combine. One will come out after the NFL draft. We have mocks, rankings, player profiles. We're going to have some advanced stats and research from Blair and Dave in volume two. We dive into him a little bit. Uh, if he goes at the top end of his potential range in the NFL draft, that he's going to be much more expensive than the 16th round by the time that we're drafting this summer. Colin, we have two picks remaining. Our roster at this point, two quarterbacks with Tua and Jordan Love. We have Austin Eckler, A.J. Dillon, David Montgomery, Damian Harris, and Miller at running back. We have Jalen Waddle, Christian Watson, Drake London, Marquise Brown, Traylon Burks, Wandale Robinson, and Tyquan Thornton at wide receiver. Mark Andrews, Mike Kosicki at tight end. I think you mentioned it, but Trey McBride did go. We have the positions covered. I don't think that we're pressed anywhere yet. We don't necessarily know if there are going to be bye week issues that give us a zero once we find those out. Colin, what are you looking at here from a positional perspective? And then do you have a guy that you think we should be focusing on within that position? I don't have any specific players that you know i feel are must get the the advantage of how the draft has played out so far as you mentioned we have two quarterbacks five running backs seven wide receivers two tight ends i think the two tight ends we have you, know, you already talked about the free agency possibilities for gesicki i think that we're set up pretty balanced where we can go in any direction and see what players are sitting there and are available we did talk about trey mcbride the other quarter what tight end that went in a similar range was daniel bellinger and i do like what he did as a rookie obviously it quite a scary injury at the time that it happened but uh, was back for the end of the season so we'll see i think he's he's interesting we did take mark andrews as a likely as somebody who potentially be still interesting even though i really would prefer not to take two tight ends in the one team we do have noah fant though sean who listeners from last year will know that we love getting fant we love getting everett in those drafts so i do think that he is my favorite option as our third tight end if we go in that direction um and i i do think with mac jones still being there that could be could be interesting for us here when it comes back to our pick and tree selections time he is sliding well past and i mean well past he's you know at this point 26 picks past adp um so he, he could be he could be an interesting one to slide in there as well desmond ritter still available chuba hubbard who you mentioned still available it's gonna be hard to pass up on hubbard if he's there with your high predictions for him for this season so we have lots of options here sean when we get into these last couple of picks i'm hoping that we'll be able to land multiple of them as i said that mac jones and isaiah likely go off the board so i think uh for me hubbard is probably the pick here or fant and and see what we do at, at quarterback at a later pick so we take hubbard still predicting the same figures now that we've got him at the 1707 oh juice it give him a little bit more. <laughs> Give him another Once a player is on your own roster, then I mean, how could he not do it? I do want to give a shout out, Sean, to when we're waiting on our next pick. I want to give a shout out to one of the names here is MFL 10 Old Head. And uh, I'm sure there's lots of listeners who were playing on the MFL 10 format, but it reminds you of the early, early, early days of those best ball leagues, Sean. 
does and so much great mfl 10 content from mike beers who really revolutionized the industry anytime anybody is looking at best ball research and analytics mike really started it all in a massive massive way other people out there as well it's not to, to say that he was the only person that there aren't other fantastic analysts but we especially owe so much to him and yeah those mfl 10s the mfl 10s of death that pat thorman runs it gives you a, a good feeling thinking back yeah definitely definitely does so we are four picks away um moving forward to finalize this team last couple of selections coming up and um we still have Ritter there, Sean. We still have Fant. There is only four names in our queue. That we have Will Levis there as well and Kenny McIntosh. I really like if we would get Fant back here. What's your thoughts? Well, this early in, in the season, I do think that there's potentially some value to the two quarterbacks or the three quarterbacks. I don't know that Tua and Jordan Love in and of themselves would have enough punch to get us through the regular season. And then in addition to getting through the regular season, you have that question of, whether or not you then have the additional flexibility to win the tournament. Because as you go through the multiple weeks in there, if you can have different guys win for you and help you advance, then competitors who are using one of those quarterbacks to get through an earlier round don't necessarily have you covered for that final round. My lean would probably be Ritter. There is still plenty of uncertainty, obviously, if he's going to be the QB. You have the controls. There's not much I can do as time expires. We get we get redder. I I was happy. I was hoping that we get one of those two options to come back to us. I mentioned about the balance of the team as we went through it. There, the advantage was that we kind of had covered all positions at that particular point, so it was almost like a bonus pick. But we we have the two options, which hasn't happened much for us, Sean, over the last couple of selections. We go redder. Fant does go about five picks later. I was hoping he may have lasted back to us to our last two selections but when it comes back we do take marvin mims at wide receiver in the 19th round and then somebody i've touched on a few times on the show is just as kind of passing glances at times but was paired with tom brady this year but kid otten we take a tight end at the 2006 selection to pair things out quite a lot of tight ends sean going off the board in that last round but what we are going to do is we're going to leave it there for today's show i've mentioned it a few times we're going to go back we're going to recap the draft and we're going to talk about some of the adp ranges where some of the listeners have asked about tricky situations and who they should select and those ranges so we'll be back to do that on the thursday episode of the podcast if you are playing over at underdogfantasy.com you can use the promo code rotavis to get yourself a 100 sign up bonus up to 100 when signing up with a new account use the code rotavis that gets you that 100 sign up bonus that is going to do it for today's episode of the show. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter. Add over to Marlon. My co-host, as always, is Sean Siegel. You can check out all of Sean's work up on rotaviz.com. Until we are back, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.